Hello and welcome to Renewables Weekly, a podcast that covers all of the major news concerning the future of American fueling. I am your host, Frank Huerta, and today is February the 3rd, 2022. Thanks for joining us today. Uh, We're going to go over a variety of news, starting with EV manufacturers and moving into some pretty cool battery news coming uh, from the U.S. and other places. So let's get right into it. The biggest thing that happened this week in the world of renewables was uh, the announcement of $7 billion investment into Michigan plants from GM. So uh, GM announced an overall $7 billion investment into various EV and battery-related production and plants across four Michigan manufacturing sites. For scale, this is the total amount of federal investment that was made when the infrastructure bill was signed late last year. Just to give you an idea of how much money GM is pouring into their business. This will significantly increase battery cell and electrical truck manufacturing capacity, and it is the single largest investment in GM history. It'll cover construction of a new Ultium cell battery cell plant in Lansing, Michigan, and the conversion of GM's assembly plant in Orion Township, Michigan, for production of the Chevy Silverado EV and the electric GMC Sierra. Uh, This is Mary Barra, the GM chair and CEO. Today we are taking the next step in our continuous work to establish GM's EV leadership by making investments in our vertically integrated battery production in the U.S. and our North American EV production capacity. She goes on, we are building on the positive consumer response and reservations for our recent EV launches and debuts, including GMC Hummer, EV, Cadillac Lyric, Chevrolet Equinox EV, Chevrolet Silverado EV. Our plan creates the broadest EV portfolio of any automaker and further solidifies our path towards U.S. EV leadership by mid-decade. Exciting news. Very exciting news. And it's happening in Michigan. So, uh, you know, Motor City. Very, very cool that uh, we're continuing that tradition and creating the next generation of motor vehicles in Detroit. I have a very... Uh, soft spot for Detroit in my heart, having gone to the University of Toledo and having been to Detroit quite a few times, flying in and out of Detroit Wayne Airport. Uh, Detroit's an awesome city. So I'm glad that they're getting this investment. And it's all going in into Michigan. Uh, none of it is going outside of the U.S., which is very good news. Let's talk a little bit about the way they're breaking down the $7 billion investment. $4 billion of, of this investment is going to be going to the Orion assembly plant, which covers specifically the Chevy Silverado EV and the GMC Sierra. They're investing $4 billion to convert the facility to produce electric trucks using the G- GM-developed Ultium platform. This Ultium platform is the GM answer to a fully integrated EV solution. It covers mostly fleets. Uh, but it has fleet and facility management tools, integration with uh, both GM's fleet management solution, OnStar Vehicle Insights, and the BrightDrop fleet and asset management platform. And it supports a wide range of fleet segments, including delivery, sales, utility, and motor pool. Another $2.6 billion is going to be invested in the Ultium Cells battery cell plant 
in Lansing, Michigan. GM and LG Energy Solution are investing $2.6 billion to build the Ultium Cell's third U.S. battery cell manufacturing plant. Investment is expected to create more than 1,700 new Ultium Cell's jobs when the plant is fully operational. And then uh, the remaining $510 million of this investment is going to go into two Lansing area vehicle assembly plants, the Lansing Delta Township Assembly Plant. The investment there is for production of the next generation Chevy Traverse and Buick Enclave. And lastly, the Lansing Grand River Assembly Plant. And the investment there is for generic plant upgrades. GM predicts that it will convert 50% of its North American assembly capacity to EV production by 2030. That is huge. GM is huge. Half of their business is very big. Uh, and to have that all turned over to EV by 2030 would be a giant feat. So that's what we have for GM. Let's move on to a sales report from Kelly Blue Book. In the first episode of this podcast, we discussed the EV sales as they were on January 28th, something like that, late January. It did, it did include fourth quarter numbers, but we have some specific fourth quarter numbers from Kelly Blue Book, and it was the best quarter for EVs ever. In the fourth quarter of 2021, sales of pure battery electric vehicles jumped 72% to a record 147,799. This report covers electrified vehicles, which includes plug-in hybrid vehicles. Uh, but sales of electrified vehicles uh, might have even increased a little bit more had it not been for inventory and supply issues. Uh, hybrids are still leading the way in terms of fuel efficient and less carbon emitting vehicles. Sales of hybrid vehicles jumped 84% year over year in 2021. As EV availability expands and capability improves, this report expects that co consumers will make even more EV purchases in the year 2022. Let's move over to Nissan. Nissan and Renault. If you pay attention to the automotive industry at all, you will remember that Nissan and Renault have had a very ugly past, gosh, five, six years. Uh, <laughs> Nissan induced the Japanese government back in 2018 to imprison uh, former executive Carlos uh, Gosen over allegations of uh, financial misdeeds and the relationship between Nissan and Renault had crumbled, right? It's not, not a good show of faith when you try and get another company's executive imprisoned, regardless of, of how much they deserved it. In any case, they've announced a new initiative to build electric cars together uh, after years of a, a tumultuous relationship. So uh, they said that they're going to be gearing up to bring 35 new electric car models to the market by 2030 as part of a $26 billion investment plan. The companies also said they were aiming for significant savings in overall production costs by increasing the number of components in their various cars have in common and to cut battery costs by 65%. By 2028, their plans to do this were vague. But good to see that they're back on uh, talking terms at least and that they have a big, big plan to go electric. And finally, we're going to talk about Chrysler. Uh, earlier 
in this year, in 2022, Chrysler announced that they are going to reinvent themselves as an all-electric auto brand by 2028. They announced these plans by showing off a crossover concept called the Chrysler Airflow. It is a nod to a vehicle that may come out in 2025, although it's sort of unnamed right now, and they don't have concrete plans as to what it's going to be, uh, although it does look like a, like a crossover SUV. Chrysler CEO Christine Fwell said that the unnamed production crossover will be the first of at least two or three new all-electric vehicles, including a minivan planned by 2028. Chrysler is going to be at the forefront of parent company Stellantis's $35.5 billion investment into electric vehicles. Stellantis is a merger uh, between Fiat Chrysler and a French automaker called the PSA Group. So they joined Volkswagen, General Motors, and Ford Motor Company as parent companies investing tens of billions of dollars in investment in EVs. The company expects to have 55 electrified vehicles in the U.S. and Europe by 2025, and that includes 40 all-electric models, 15 plug-in hybrids. It's a different strategy from, say, GM that we just uh, spoke about because GM plans to offer only electric vehicles. It looks like Stellantis is going to be offering those plug-in hybrids uh, for a while. They don't have plans to to take them out of their lineup just yet. As far as the United States is concerned, they are going to offer an all-electric Dodge muscle car by 2024. Jeep has plans to offer an all-electric SUV in every vehicle segment by 2025, and they also plan to have a full-sized Ram EV by 2024. So that's it for auto manufacturers' plans on vehicles. Uh, we're going to cross over here into the battery world, where Honda has signed a joint development pact with Boston-based EV battery firm SES Holdings. Honda said that SES is planned to list on the, on the New York Stock Exchange through an SPAC and that they are going to purchase 2% of the listed company. They are betting that lithium metal batteries are, ex are expected to have uh, higher energy density than lithium ion batteries, which are overwhelmingly the most popular battery used in EV cars today. So not too much data on what Honda plans to do with all of that, although they look like they are investing in raw material. Volkswagen Group has partnered with a company called 24M Technologies, to develop the next generation of EV battery manufacturing. Volkswagen Group will manufacture next generation lithium ion EV batteries using the 24M semi-solid platform for use in Volkswagen electric vehicles. Volkswagen acquired 25% stake in 24M and will establish a wholly owned subsidiary that will in cooperation with 24M, develop a semi-solid battery cell production technology for automotive applications. So it looks like Volkswagen is also staking their flag on some sort of slightly alternative lithium-ion battery. Uh, looks like some proprietary technology from this 24M company. Uh, 24M, according to their website, answers the world's needs for affordable energy storage by enabling a new, more cost-effective solution semi-solid lithium-ion technology. This is from Dr. Stephen Blase, the head of group mergers and acquisitions at Volkswagen. The semi-solid manufacturing platform offers the potential to substantially reduce capital and operating costs 
through our new established subsidiary and our strategic partnership with 24M. We are focused on bringing the semi-solid platform to automotive applications and believe we can develop cost-effective processes to meet the increasing demand for EVs. Kind of seeing a trend here, right? All of these manufacturers, auto manufacturers, are teaming up directly with battery manufacturers or battery producers to get their own sort of edge in what it's going to look like for EV uh, charging in in their in their vehicles, and also to secure a supply chain that they trust in, because that seems to be an issue here as well. Here's some fun news out of the University of Michigan: a new biologically inspired battery membrane has enabled a battery with five times the capacity of the industry standard lithium ion design to run for the thousand plus cycles needed to power an electric car. A network of aramid nanofibers recycled from Kevlar can enable lithium sulfur batteries to overcome their Achilles heel of life cycle. That's the number of times it can be charged and discharged within the life of the battery, right? However often you can charge or discharge the, the battery in, say, your cell phone uh, wanes over time, and we know this because the battery will drain suspiciously right at the two-year mark when your phone is paid for and obsolete. So they, what they're trying to do is develop a, a new like a new biological technology that allows for way more charges and discharges of an electric vehicle battery. This is Nicholas Kotov, who is the distinguished university professor of chemical sciences and engineering quote there are a number of reports claiming several hundred cycles for lithium sulfur batteries but it is achieved at the expense of other parameters capacity charging rate resilience and safety the challenge nowadays is to make a battery that increases the cycling rate from the former 10 cycles to hundreds of cycles and satisfies multiple other requirements including cost so what he's saying here is that you know there's been reports uh, that these several hundred cycles of lithium sulfur batteries are occurring, but it's at the expense of how much power can be stored in that battery, how fast it can charge, how resilient it is to, say, cold or hot weather, and how safe it is. And so what, what they're saying, and, I, and I'll, I'll quote again from, from the good professor here at, at University of Michigan, biomimetic engineering of these batteries integrated two scales molecular and nanoscale. For the first time, we integrated ionic selectivity of cell membranes and toughness of cartilage. Our integrated system approach enabled us to address the overarching challenges of lithium sulfur batteries. That language is slightly above my head, but I think what he's saying here is that they figured out a way to address the concerns that were just stated about the things that are given up when you are able to increase the charging cycles of an EV battery. He goes on to say, as a battery, the design is nearly perfect with its capacity and efficiency approaching the theoretical limits. It can also handle the temperature extremes of automotive life from heat of charging in full sun to the chill of winter. The real world application of this is more than likely about a thousand cycles. And that's continued, uh, considered a 10 year lifespan, which is pretty good. I think uh, much longer than we're expecting from the vehicles that are on the road today. So uh, encouraging news out of the University of Michigan. Okay, off to China. There is a company in China called Cattle. C-A-T-L, and it stands for Contemporary Amperex Technology Limited. 
And earlier this week, they confirmed that they would be entering into the market of battery swaps in China with a brand called EVO Go. So what they have, EVO Go, is a interchangeable battery inside of their vehicles or multiple batteries. Uh, so ac according to this report, EVO Go customers will soon be able to enter a battery swap station and choose between one to three packs, depending on their intended trip. EVO Go says that only one block is needed for inner city commuting, while two or three blocks can support longer trips. What's cool about this is that those battery packs inside the vehicle aren't limited to just battery swaps. For example, you could put in these batteries and then go to a charging station and then charge the batteries, or you can go to a swap station and swap the batteries without having to wait. Seems like really, really cool technology. As we mentioned in the first episode of this podcast, China is far and away the leader of electric vehicles in the world. I think with, I forget how many they've sold, but I know they have about 800,000 charging stations along uh, all across their country. So they are for sure ahead of the United States and, and the rest of the world in EV charging. So I think proceed with caution at this at this news, but but it's really cool and interesting news. Uh, to have this sort of battery swap method. And if it ends up working out well, uh, I could see something like this happening stateside. Lastly, we go to Tamarack, Minnesota, where Tesla has committed to purchasing 75,000 metric tons of nickel concentrate over six years from a company called Talon Metals. And uh, it's about 50 miles outside of Duluth. And they're hoping to have the mine open by 2026 but they haven't started any permitting processes. This agreement, quoting from Talon CEO Henry Van Ruin, is the start of an innovative partnership between Tesla and Talon for the responsible production of battery materials directly from the mine to the battery cathode. Tesla would claim about half or even just a little bit more than half of the mine's production of nickel, which has to further be refined before it can be made into batteries. The team at Talon who's opening up this mine has, a, has a, a really interesting approach to their mining process. They have a method, I don't know how it works, but a method of capturing CO2 from the air, capturing carbon from the air, and then permanently storing it in rock waste from their mine. I don't know how they do it. Sounds really cool. I have no idea how it works. But anyway, that is your news wrap up. There isn't a whole lot more to get to today, so we will leave it at that. Uh, I will just let you know that if you have any questions or any topics that you'd like us to discuss in the show, please, please, please send us an email, bummerdude.media at gmail.com. That's bummerdude.media at gmail.com, and we'll see you next week. Renewables Weekly is a Bummer Dude Media production. Copyright Bummer Dude 2022. Thank you.